0: Hey there, I'm your host, Leslie Randolph. I'm a self-confidence coach for teenage girls and the self-confidence coach you wish you had as a teen. Honestly, I'm the self-confidence coach I wish I had as a teen because I know I could have saved myself and my mother a whole lot of heartache if I would only known then what I know now. I hope to save you some of that suffering by sharing the lessons I learned late in life right here on Why Didn't They Tell Us? Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, happy people. Welcome back to Why Didn't They Tell Us. I always start with hey, hey, happy people, but I think today it is appropriate to say, hello, gorgeous. And you'll understand <laughs> You'll understand why when I introduce today's guest. I always get super excited when I have a guest to share with you guys because um, y'all probably get tired of hearing from me, and certainly I have, grown my arsenal of coaching tools and wisdom from from others that have come before me that inspire me. And today I have the opportunity to to talk to one of those people with you and to share her wisdom with you. And that that is just like dream come true for me and stick around because then you'll be agreeing with me at the end. Dream come true for you. So today's guest wears many hats. Um, and I love that she's wearing a hat today because both Figuratively and literally, she wears these hats. Literally, her brand, her essence, is style and self-confidence. And and you better believe, as the hat shows, she has the accessories to back up this brand. And figuratively, or I guess, yeah, figuratively, her bio is, as she would say, fierce AF. Are you ready? I am so thrilled to introduce you to Judith Katan, aka Miss J. She is a master certified life coach, a personal stylist, a lawyer, the author of How to Be an Effing Lady, a Modern Guide to Being Charming and Fierce AF, the host of the brilliant poetic podcast, Style Masterclass with Miss J., An entrepreneur extraordinaire, she is the founder and the fearless leader of Modern Charm School, which is an online social club for women legacy builders who are ready to have leveled up conversations around style, commanding more, and creating wealth. Woo! Welcome to Why Didn't They Tell Us, Judith! That's quite the intro. Like, I'm like, I want to meet her. Who's that? <laughs> She's fabulous. Isn't that so fun when you're like, she sounds like a big deal. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. That's me. <laughs> but do, do you feel like I got it all? Is there yeah, more to add? <laughs> That's great.
1: That's a great place to start. Thank you. And hi, listeners. Hello, hello, everyone.
0: Yes, we are very happy. We are very happy to have you here, Judith. Let's let's start. It's not the beginning at all. Let's start in the present. Um, can you tell us, you know, what does a style coach do? And you're so you're a master certified life coach, but also a personal stylist. When when you're introduced at dinner parties and people are like, "What does that mean?" Tell us what you do. So, I'm introduced at dinner parties, and I like if someone's giving me the look, like that's me.
1: I'm like, yeah, it's totally made it up. I made it up. <laughs> um, it, I like to say that typically I coach professional high-achieving women, and we start with their style. So we get them dressed, to so, you know, face the world outside their closet. And then once we feel like that's settled in, like they're showing up differently, then we start to talk about the topics that are a little of more import to them, so to speak. Not that style is silly or not important. It's just kind of the gateway to get that transformation started and the tools you learn in terms of how you show up every day, how you get ready, how you take care of yourself, and those small things. Then you can do what I call going meta and look for other opportunities in your life to apply similar principles, similar tools,
0: and then everything sort of gets a makeover along the way, so to speak. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea of the gateway because, like, why does style matter i think that there's probably this judgmental voice in some of us that (laughs) that would say like it shouldn't matter it doesn't matter but it does tell it tell us why why style should matter and why it should be a part of that that self-care and that self-love that all of us are really trying to hone in on right now well and
1: i think I want to pause because I think it's important to make sure that we're all oriented about what I mean when I say style versus maybe what some folks have been taught. So when I say style, I'm talking about your thoughts about yourself, how you feel about yourself, and how that reflects outwardly and how you choose to dress or not get dressed, what you choose to wear or what you choose not to wear, right? It's a series of choices you've made because of how you're thinking and feeling about yourself, how you're relating to the world around you. So i mean it's it's not <laughs> i think fashion which is what i think it's conflated so fashion is about market trends and fads and what's happening on the runways and the magazines and you know model nepotism and all the politics of that okay so it's very different i like to call it the circus parade <laughs> where. Style is you and your personal style sitting in a cafe, chatting and having a great time and you're watching the fashion parade go by. You can choose to participate in it. You can choose to be a spectator, but those are two different things. So kind of separating them out from each other. Yeah, fashion maybe doesn't matter to your day-to-day life, but style, how you choose to show up to do your work in the world, to serve the people you serve, to love the people that you love, to be in the communities that you're in. Yeah, that does matter. Because human heuristics are always at play, meaning how we size each other up in the first three seconds of us meeting each other. So we're not necessarily dressing to please other people, but if you show up with your thoughts, your feelings, and how you're showing up outwardly all aligned, right? How you're thinking, how you're feeling matches how you're showing up on the outside. It's such an easier time to communicate and relate to the people around you when you have that level of assuredness and
0: that alignment, so to speak, with all three going on at the same time totally it's like being comfortable in the skin that you're in but then that skin that you're in becomes that outward expression through perhaps the clothes that you wear the way that you carry yourself so you know style could also so where style could be deemed as fashion it's really that self-love that self-confidence
1: yeah exactly and i mean the one thing i hear my clients say most often to me is i just want to dress more like me I want my outsides to match how I feel about myself on the inside. I'm so smart. I'm so capable. And then I look in the mirror and I'm like, what happened? <laughs> right. That two, <laughs> two o'clock on the Tuesday, washing your hands and you look up in the mirror and you're like, shit, did I walk around looking like this all day? And that, that feeling that things are so incongruent. Yeah. Cover your eyes. I'm like, oh my gosh, is this is how I really showed up today. Like that incongruence can be so jarring and the, the f- common thread is, I just want to feel more like me. I just want to be more like myself. And it's like, okay, well, how you thinking and feeling about yourself? Because that's going to inform how you've been deciding to show up on the outside. It's just a little gateway to your heart and mind.
0: Totally. So what? where does that incongruence, I guess, when people come to you, you know, wh- where have they been that they're like, something's got to give? What is that prevailing thought where they feel so far away from self? A lot of it is, a lot of the women
1: I coach are, they're leading something, whether it's they're entrepreneurs leading their own businesses, they're at the top of their careers or their professional life, or they've been given some accolade and they're just getting started in their professional life. So typically what happens is they've gone to some public something and they see a picture of themselves. Mm. And they're like, oh man. Is that what I look like? Or you know, they—it's a lot. I serve a lot of doctors who are coming out of the pandemic, who literally try to fit back into their clothes that they wore pre-pandemic because they were in scrubs for three years, and nothing fits them. Mm. So it's like a combination of nothing fits. I used to be stylish somewhere way back when. I'm doing really well in these other areas of my life, and I can't seem to figure this part out, but I can't keep showing up like this because I'm going to be more in the public eye. I'm going to be serving larger audiences. I'm going to be in larger rooms with more people, and this just isn't, like, something's got to give. This doesn't work, and I'm really smart, and I feel like I should have figured this out. And why, like you said, like, why didn't they tell us? how to get ready? Why didn't they tell us how to shop for a good suit or a good bra? Like, why did nobody tell us how important this part would be? Because there's such an emphasis on just be smart, just get the piece of paper, just hit that next milestone in your business, just X, Y, or Z, and then you can worry about that stuff. And it's like, no, no, how about we worry about that stuff now
0: because it's gonna affect how you show up for the rest of this. Right? Because this is the stuff that matters. And I, I love that you said that of like it's not the fashion. It's not the oh, well, what are you wearing? It's who are you? And how does she show up in the world? To to look at you and to know you is to wonder how you got here because you have definitive distinct style. So I also know you are a high achieving woman. The woman <laughs> women you serve is you. So tell us how how did you get here? uh your personal story i mean similar to a lot of people i don't think a lot of people can relate i in
1: college i went to college for fashion design and then i got some feedback that i didn't take well <laughs> so then i was like oh i can never do this i will be a lawyer because that's gonna be easier than being a fashion designer, which to me is like the funniest thing ever, but 20-year-old brains are not fully developed, so there you go. Um, And (laughs) I, I literally thought it would be easier and safer. All right, I'll take the safer option and I'll become a lawyer. I'm really smart, I'll be really good at it. And I went to law school and hey, I was really good at it. I was very good at school. But I was so tired all the time, and I had this crazy commute to law school. It was i think a two and a half hour drive one way, mm. and I did it every day for three years, well, two and a half 'cause I actually graduated early, but it was terrible, and I wasn't taking care of myself at all, and slowly, it was like that slippery slope, right? So one day you just wear like whatever happens to fit and whatever happens to be clean. And then sometimes you're so tired, you just wear whatever, and it doesn't fit, and it's not clean, and you just go, and it's no big deal. And, I mean, I got through the bar exam, and I was was so exhausted, and I had my first really major interview. So post-bar, major interview, and literally none of my clothes fit. It's like sitting on the edge of my bed, and I think every person has had this experience. Like you know, in your underwear, and your like belly's a little floppy, and it's bigger than you expected. And you're staring at the mirror across from yourself on your bed in your undies, staring into your closet, like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, shit." like, oh this is not good, and I don't have time, and what am I gonna do? And it's like a Target run to try and find something to make it work. Like, and then I was like, okay, something's got to give. This this can't continue. I'm really smart. I did everything everybody told me I was supposed to do, the safe things. But I don't even feel safe in my own head right now because I'm being so awful to myself. And clearly I have been ignoring myself.
0: Yeah, you, you were the afterthought. It, you, you had put you just in that closet.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I call it like running around like a person who has chopped off their brain and you think you could be a floating head. But I'm <laughs> sorry to tell you. You need your body <laughs> in order to be the smart cookie and amazing leader that you are. You kind of need the the bottom half of you operating just like we need the top half. You're not a floating brain. So I started where I start my clients. I was like, let's get you some bras and underwear that fit. It's also all that I really could afford at the time because I was post law school and broke. <laughs> like, like most folks have gone to college these days. Um, And I just slowly, one item at a time, I couldn't afford an entire overhaul. I think a lot of people think that's, they're used to like movie montages, like Cher's closet from, you know, Clueless or Pretty Woman with all the bags. We can
0: dream, Judith. Don't ruin it for all of us.
1: (laughs) We can dream, right? We can have the she's all that moment where you just take our glasses off and shake our head and suddenly we're gorgeous. I don't know, right? The funny thing is, you already are gorgeous and you could keep your glasses on and we don't have to buy a bunch of stuff. And it literally could be just like one strategic piece that you can wear with as many things as possible and build from there. And then the quality of the items could get better as you get more money, as you work on things that really underwear and bras, beautiful place to begin
0: to just start to pay attention to yourself and love on yourself again. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a quick funny story may, that might embarrass Judith. When I first met her, and she told me that a lot, and, and I fawned all over her, I said something to the effect of, "I think of you every time I go bra shopping." And you said something to the effect of, "I get that a lot. You know, you people <laughs> people think of you when they think of their bras and panties." And I think this is a really critical um, point to bring up. Of you know, no one sees your your ratty panties or your period panties, but you do, and it speaks to that idea of you know style. This work that you do is outwardly perceived, but it's an inside job. Yeah. So, so why why does it matter if I'm and I'm telling you, my I'm wearing gorgeous panties right now, just for today. <laughs> I'm <but> proud. <laughs> I'm so proud. <laughs> but, but I can you speak to that a little bit of, yeah, that's not only where to start, it's a critical part of it. So I used to joke that I was going to create an online quiz, and I probably totally should do this, but it
1: was like, what kind of panty are you, right? So I think for a lot of us just find yourself in the next few things I'm gonna say, right? And and I say this tongue in cheek, but notice that there is some bigger threads and bigger themes that are running throughout this very lighthearted way we're gonna introduce you to taking better care of yourself. So for some of my clients, they have a drawer full of underwear that are simply way too tight. Right? So they're extremely tight and suddenly you're probably keenly aware of what your underwear is doing that I'm saying this to you. So I just want you to pay attention and they're digging into you. So all day long, you're kind of having to readjust your fat, pull it out of your butt, tweak it down or it's totally not available for you to do that because you're in public with other humans. So you're just tolerating the pain and the discomfort all day long. You're just putting up with things that you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, deep in your heart. You really are worth more and more deserving of even just a modicum of comfort when it comes to your underwear. But you're putting up with a rash of stuff that you really know you don't have to. That's how many women walk around in the world. Then we have my peeps who maybe have undergone some sort of body transformation and their underwear are too big, but they're so afraid of regressing and going back, backsliding is the word I've heard. They're like, oh, I'll just hold on to them to make sure this change I've made really sticks. And it's like this horrible self-doubt. And every time they put on their panties, it's a little reminder of what could fall apart. And then we've got my peeps. So all their period panties are all the panties, (laughs) right? So at one point it was like just one or two pairs. Now all of them are period panties. Everything has like a little something wrong with it. But you're just getting by and it's okay and nobody else sees you and you're the last on your list and tommy needs new shoes and you know your hubby really could do or your partner could really do with some new pants so you know you're on the bottom of the list on the list so all of your panties are period panties one has a hole one has you know the elastic is shot one is fraying like you name it right you literally become such an afterthought to yourself you are literally the proverbial walking period panty so like this is okay. how my clients find themselves. Right. And I, I talk about bras and panties. Which I have an auntie who's like, why are you obsessed with that? It's really weird. Like, <laughs> out. like is there something we need to talk about? I'm like, well, what would the talk be? I don't have a, like a fetish. Like what? And even I did keeps her own Yeah, absolutely. because it it's a great illustration. Like everyone, even the men sometimes who are listening, they're like, my dudes, my other humans are like, oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> and you're like thinking of the pears you could throw out as I'm chatting. But it just illustrates something else has gone on in your thinking that allowed you get to the point where we have panties that are way too small, super huge, falling apart. And how we do one thing is how we tend to do a lot of things. Totally. But I can show you with your underwear drawer where we can make some changes in your thinking we can apply that thinking to all the other areas of your life because chances are when you start to notice those panties that are janky, you're going
0: to start to notice all the other janky stuff going on, too. Oh, a lot of jank. A lot of very janky. What I love about it, too, is this idea, and if you think about that, you know, that our teenage self, um, that somehow we're, we're out there, and if you think about that overhaul, like, well, I'm going to spend the money on what other people can see because it's about the projection rather than that internal work of, like, no, I can't afford something new that someone's going to be like, ooh, I love your new whatever, but this is for me. And it reminds you that you are are what's the most important in all of this, but certainly at the baseline of style and coming back to self and being comfortable in your own skin. You'll be more comfortable in your own skin if you're comfortable in your panties.
1: Right. It's hard to, like, walk around like a boss and, you know, project that level of confidence you want if you're seriously, physically uncomfortable and distracted from your clothing. But I I think you raise an excellent point, like, you see you. Even if you saw nobody else today, you saw you. You matter. What's going on your thoughts about you are actually the most important. But we lose sight of that somewhere along the way, and we want to fix the curtains before we take care of the plumbing. (laughs) Actually, let's reverse engineer
0: that. I love that. I love that. Yes. Yes. Let's deal with the plumbing. Let's deal with those panties. What, what's the foundation of it all and so important? So I guess, I mean, this this is a loaded question, but this is, you know, why didn't they tell us? There's a lot here, but what, what did you learn late in life that you wish you had known sooner?
1: Oh, there's so much. Oh my gosh, so it's really funny, actually. Um, I My coach asked a question during a call and she had put out, um, you know, ask people in your life, like, what's like your biggest downfall? What's something that you could work on? And I was, it was very uncomfortable. I was like, I don't want to do this exercise. And I was like, no, I should. I should totally do this exercise. So I asked my mom, I said, what do you think I could work on? And, um, my mom is my biggest fan, by the way, like she's in my community. She's like always complimenting people's outfits. Like she's diehard fan. And she lovingly said, and it was like, oh, this is the theme. She's like, you should stop caring so much about what other people think about you. Mm. And it's interesting for someone who like myself, who projects a lot of confidence, right? And you think, oh, Judas doesn't, Judas over that. She's not working on that anymore. I like, know it still shows up for me vestigially, and I have to remind it at regular intervals, like to not care so much. But I wish I had really like let that sink into my bones so much earlier on.
0: Yeah, that that's a hard one. And when we think about, you know, for me, I think about my teenage clients, and then always, you know, the teen that's still in all of us. I don't think that goes away. Right? No, I think. And it's you know, I'm I'm at the age where now it's like high school reunions, and you know, I moved back to my hometown where I'd grown up. So I'm I'm back to high school of like caring what other people think. And I I think to even, you know, like loosen the button of those pants of like, and that's okay. Yes. Like we care and that's okay, but
1: yeah, it's it's a funny thing because we want to care what other people think. Like, to get along with other humans in the world, we have to have, you know, basic understanding of, like, caring for other people's, you know, opinions and experience of us. And, like, there's a way of being in the world. And if we want to communicate effectively, we actually do need to care what other people are thinking to make sure our communication is coming across clearly. But there's such a little nuance to it in terms of not care so much, right? Because you're going to care. Can we just dial that down from like a 10, which is sometimes where I find myself, to like an eight even, or a seven? Like, can we just dial it down? And that's a lifetime of work, but I wish I knew that it was a matter of dialing it down as opposed to trying to make it go away. Mm-hmm the making it go away feels false, like a false bravado, like, I don't care what anybody thinks. And I think even in your teenage years where you're trying to differentiate from your family of origin and your peer group, like, that is actually healthy to feel a little bit like, you know, I don't care what you think. I'm going to do my own thing. Like, okay, great. But then we secretly actually really deeply do care. And I think if someone had said, okay, that's, like you said right now, just like you said, it's never going to go away. But it's just the care so much part. We could just a little bit, It's a little bit, how much better off would the experience in our own heads be?
0: And do, do you think that style is an expression, of, like an opportunity to embrace that? But I care what I think and as a way of like, yeah, so this isn't on trend. This wouldn't, you know, this isn't what all the, the cool kids are wearing now, but this is me, and, and this is an opportunity to embrace that that not caring part. Where does style fit into it? Oh yeah, it's a perfect place to practice,
1: right? So even if you start with your like fabulous panties, like no one else has to know but you, it's just like fun secret you get to carry around all day. Like they're pretty awesome, and no one gets to see them but me, right? Or maybe other humans do, but we're just starting about that. And I, I think that's a great place to start. Also, you know. Just showing your brain that I can do something that not everyone else is doing or that not everyone else cares for. And nothing bad happens. Like at most, you might get some side eye. Some people might make some comments because humans can't help but grunt noises in your direction, like they cannot help themselves sometimes. But that's kind of what happens and you get to like roll. And I think I used to be so afraid of, like, what I imagined reactions would be. And when I started to just let myself show up with the hats and more vintage style and kind of weird, really, like, compared to how everybody else in the world was showing up and definitely not on trend, it got kind of boring because it's like this reaction that I had planned for in my head never really materialized. And at most people would be like, oh, where are you going today that you're so dressed up? Nowhere. I'm just coming here. It's like, that was that was the whole plan.
0: That was it. That was it. Sure. Just like Target. I, I, I giggle because I, I, I think I found a bit of this in the pandemic for me of, you know, all of a sudden I was working, living, social, everything was at home. Um, and I think for a moment I embraced athleisure. And then I really embraced, like, putting on high heels and go into my office. At the kitchen table. And then I, you know, run out and, yeah, like bump into someone at Target. And they're like, where, where are you? And it's like, oh, no, th- th- I just do this for me. I do this for me. Um, but, yeah, the the emotional forecasting of, oh, what would they think of me? And then it brings you back to the, oh, no, it's o- it's okay. I feel awesome. And I think I look awesome. And that's where I'm giving the energy right now versus yeah. the, what what are they going to think?
1: But, I mean, in, in high school, I had some pretty, pa- people were like, what are you wearing? I went through a very, like, Giorgio Armani phase, which is kind of funny because I was, like, obsessed with Giorgio Armani. And it didn't last very long because it's very morose and very black. And I, I'm i not actually that mor- morose, but I was through a whole phase. And I was like, you know, as, whatever I could thrift or find that was black and sleek and very modern And people were like really, I mean, I live in Southern California, like a tiny little valley town. So everybody's like, what what is happening over there? And I'd be so, but then there would be a few outliers. And this is just for anyone listening. Like there's always somebody watching that you're like so worried about like one particular person in a crowd and you neglect that there's a whole other room full of people who now you've given them permission just by showing up as yourself. Like you've given them permission to do the same and they started to be like oh i'm so glad you wore that because i've really been wanting to wear blah 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 and you get to start all these conversations and create all these relationships around oh i didn't know i could wear brooches is that like a thing i'm like yeah you can wear a brooch i'm wearing one like nothing bad happened like it's still here didn't i oh i'm going to raid my mom's closet and then it's like it can build on itself and then everyone in the room suddenly has permission to be themselves and the few naysayers become the outliers and then it's just normal
0: to be yourself and it's scary to go first, but it is totally worthwhile. Mm. I love that moment so much, Judith. And I love that sentiment so much. And I, if this is just a plug for everyone to read Judith's book, because in her book, she talks about, and, and it makes you think of what a wonderful world it would be when we all give ourselves the love the permission and like the cheerleader to show up as authentically you. And in Judith's book, she talks about, you know, bring it back to style, being a curly girl, right? Yeah. And from one curly girl to another, and I've keratined, I've straightened, I've, you know, I've sat under irons for so long. And and Judith, I'll, I'll, I'll let you tell the story. You, 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 you tell me, why is it important that we embrace self and spread this ripple of being who you are.
1: I mean, and I think the story I tell is about, I i was teased mercilessly when I was little. Like, they used to sing The Lion King falling behind me. um, Like, stick gum in my hair, all kinds of stuff. And I... And my first encounter ever with someone who thought my hair was good hair, quote-unquote good hair, was with my friend Keisha and her cousins. And they did my hair in this, like this, to me was this like fabulous crazy pants hairdo. I had hair down on my butt, so they were going to give me a top bun, and it ended up being like a, a halo, a giant halo. And... I took my hair down later and it was like, you know, curly hair that's been like set in a coil all day just like falls magically when it's, you know, at the end of the day. Then it gets frizzy and does its thing and it's wonderful still. But it was the first time anyone had ever said to me, oh my God, you have got good hair. And I remember just being like, whoa, I have good hair. And it didn't really resonate with me. It was just like a passing moment. And then from then on, I was like, I had my hair very, very short. I had like a holly berry pixie cut. I like did all the things to my hair. I sat in the mayonnaise settings and the keratin, the whole thing. And it wasn't until much, much later, my sister has girls. She has three girls and a little boy. And when little my nieces came into the world, um, they were born with a very, very curly, coily textured hair. And they have like epic Diana Ross hair. I mean, they have the most gorgeous hair. It's stunning. And they had never seen me with my hair down. Mm-hmm. They have never seen my hair in curls. And we went to church one day and my hair was fresh from the gym. It was washed, it was just curly and I didn't do anything with it. And my nieces saw me for the first time in their lives with curly hair and they were like, Auntie Judy. And like you, the little gas from like five and six year old, like, I love your hair. <laughs> And I, like, something in me broke. Like, I, I can't even just, I, even now I feel choked up. Like, some little part in me broke. And it was like, oh, they're watching. Yeah. Like, all the little humans are watching. I have to be very careful. But also, <laughs> oh, my gosh. They're like, just me letting my hair down was, like, permission for them. And now they wear their hair natural and it's I mean, seriously, gorgeous, gorgeous hair. Even my nephew has the same curl pattern that I do. He's a 3C, and he's got these ringlets. Mm -hmm. And he won't let my sister cut it. He's five. It's, like, down to his waist, and he's like, don't you touch my hair. (laughs) Like, don't you touch my gorgeous hair. And now we have a whole generation of girls, and we have, I think there's 26 girl cousins who mostly have gone on to have girls in my family. So we have a lot of female energy. Lucky,
0: yo, the world is lucky.
1: Yeah, the world is like, but all curly, coily textured hair. And now we have a whole generation of women who are not going to have the same struggle that the one before them had. And then they'll show their kids to embrace their natural hair and the ripple effect of that. When they go to school, they go with their froze, they go with their hair down, they go with their natural texture. And the girls around them are like, oh, I don't have to flatten iron. I don't have to do the, you know, permanent hair to flatten it and straighten it. I don't, ha- I don't have to do anything. And even for the girls who have straight hair, they get to embrace their hair, whatever their natural texture is. And my nieces are staunch advocates of that. They're teenagers now. They will give you a whole spiel. <laughs> They're fabulous. Love so- it. Right, the ripple effect of me showing up is now extended to them and then to their friend groups and wherever they show up in the world. Like the little humans are watching us so keenly. And it's it's stuff that slips past our awareness. I let my hair dry naturally one day and it's made a huge impact.
0: Totally, totally. And it gives them permission, A, to be themselves, but also to celebrate self, to love self. Like it, it is, yeah, wearing your natural hair, but it's also being natural, authentic you. Yeah, Because when we're willing to let our hair down and be comfortable in our own skin, we are showing up as the one and only you in this world. And she's got stuff to do and lessons <laughs> to teach and young women to inspire. I just, I loved that story so much. I put you on the spot there. I didn't tell her that I was going to say that, guys. Oh, no,
1: no. I knew exactly where you were talking. It's actually one of her most downloaded episodes of the podcast, which I always love that that has remained And all these years, the one that's still on the top 10
0: list. It's a good one. It's From one curly girl, I get it. And that these are just, these curls are just my permission slips and reminders that I am me and I need to show up as her each and every day because there are little ones watching and I've got legacies to leave that only I can. And I say this in first person, but I'm talking to all of you. My lovely listeners, that you have a legacy to leave, but it requires you to be you, to celebrate her and to be her. Um, Okay. so So lots of lessons learned late in life. What, I mean, you can speak to the not caring as much what people think, or we can talk janky panties, but any suggestions for listeners who are looking to you know build that self confidence embrace that style find that style you know what what suggestions would you give listeners who need need the the step one of style yeah and Actually,
1: it's so. this is a conglomeration of stuff that I've learned over time. And most recently, my friend Victoria Albina reminded me of this. I also learned this from Carl Lowenthal and a bunch of other brilliant women. But there's two come to mind, and I want to credit them for this idea. But just literally asking yourself, what do you want? And I think it's, like, it sounds funny, and it sounds like, okay, that's really the key to confidence. Like, just what do I want? What do I want? But for realsies, y'all, like actually asking a question and pausing long enough to hear your own answer. And yes, I would highly recommend, of course, because I'm a style coach and I love it. Like, what would you like to wear today? And really stop and think about that. Do I want to be cozy? I have a client and I I adore her. I won't say her name, but she just told us recently she'd walked around very cold all the time. And I had done a webinar once and I was like, if you're cold, go grab a jacket or a sweater. If you're hot, you know, take you take off whatever. If your bra hurts, take it off. We can't see you. Go get comfortable. And she said it was like the f- almost like a first time that someone had said to her, hey, if you're cold, you can grab another layer. And it doesn't matter if you're not, quote, unquote, you know, fashionable. Are you cold? Go get warm. So part of her mission with me has just been... Like, what would you like to wear today? Well, I don't want to be cold. I'm going to be out in the soccer field with my kids. I have all these errands to run. How do I make sure that I'm my version of stylish? But I also address that very important physical need that she's always cold. And she's like, I've been running around warm for weeks now. It's like this huge, like, a pity for, like, I, I hate being cold. Like, I am one of those people who will complain over and over, like, I'm cold. Did I tell you I'm cold? Cause I'm cold. Did I tell you in the last two seconds? Someone turned the air down in here. <laughs> yeah. I'm cold. Did I tell you I'm cold? And the same for my hot, I'll repeat it over and over again. I can't imagine having walked around for, I don't know, years now, just cold and not giving yourself permission to go get warm. But some like, and I use that as an illustration, like when she started asking well, what do I want to wear today? I want to be warm. Like I don't have to worry about like impressing the other moms on the soccer field. I just want to be
0: warm. I'm, I'm cold.
1: As, little as a, things, y'all, little things like
0: that. Yeah, as a soccer mom who has worn a Snuggie in public multiple times, I see, because it's, again, style and that beautiful question. I love that. What what do I want? It, it just is tending to you in the most beautiful way of like, how do I take care of me and what I need and what I want? So I yeah. love that. Yeah,
1: another way to ask it, if this resonates more with whoever's listening, is like, what does the woman who wakes up tomorrow morning need from me? Because some of us, it's like the woo, like what do I want or what would I love? Like some of y'all are like, I could just feel your eye roll and it's okay. I have a lot of clients that would cue their eye roll too. So better question might be for, you know, that crowd is, you know, what does a woman need who wakes up tomorrow morning? What does she need from me today? And that might mean she just needs to wash your favorite pair of black pants and have them ready for you. She wants to make sure your favorite coffee mug is available. Like it it could be really simple stuff. Like your, your contacts are clean. Like it <laughs> doesn't have anything being any sexy stuff. Right. And no one's going to see it, but you, but you matter. And just those little things, like how can I take care of the woman who's going to wake up tomorrow morning? Another way to
0: ask that question.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do I set myself up for success? I, I love that. I love that. Um, Judith, what is something that you, and we know, yeah, don't care as much, but what is something that you would tell your teenage self if she'd listen, even if she wouldn't? What would you tell her anyway?
1: Oh, my little boo-boo. <laughs> She's, she was a wild woman. Um, I there's, a, oh my gosh, like so many things came flooding. So I'm just going to stream a conscious at you and then we can pick one that you like. let go. Um, you're okay. And I, I still find myself needing to hear that. You're okay. Yeah. You're okay.
0: You're okay.
1: And <laughs> have fun once in a while. It's not that serious. He's taking it like so seriously. My nephew is like the miniature version of me. And I see him fretting, like deeply fretting over things I would fret over when I was this age. Totally. T T, we're we're gonna be late. Like it's okay, <laughs> it's okay we're gonna be late. But, like you know, like we're gonna be late. I, I really don't like being late. I know I don't like to be late either. But it, we called them. They know. Are you sure? Can you check again? Yeah. I, I would you like to see the text message? no, that's okay, I mean, I'll show you, just so you know that I actually did communicate with them that we were gonna be late, and it, like, I used to like, the, the fretting, like this serious, like about everything, when I was little, I was such an anxious little kid, like literally, like you're okay, and just have fun And someone, like n- literally, what you got on that paper in the end is not gonna matter, no one's gonna ask you what you did in AP history in the 11th grade, really, truly lovey, no, no one will ask you. <laughs>
0: I don't care. I promise. Do you I think promise. you could have heard that as a teenager of don't fret? It'll be okay.
1: I don't think I would have heard it, but it would have been nice to hear like, Oh, let me qualify this. I would have heard it. I would have listened to the words. I don't know that I would have fully received it, but it
0: would have been nice to hear at regular intervals. You totally, when your teenage self frets now, Because I know you go there, right? We all go there still, right? Okay. 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 I'm so glad. Um, What do you tell her currently? Because, you know, there's always the teenage stuff that still exists in these gorgeous, confident women that are walking around, you know, helping others. What do you tell her now? You're okay. (laughs) There you go. There
1: you go. I mean, I, it, it sounds like, but literally just taking a pause and like, I will hand over my heart, big deep breath, like, you're okay, love. Like, remember, like, everything really is okay. Like, there's nothing that's not fixable, there's nothing that's not redeemable. Like, everything is really okay. Because my teenage self will show up in two ways, which is actually funny. The overfretter, right? She's like, you know, the world is falling apart because I forgot to include the right link in an email or whatever, right? It's, like, super dramatic. The other version is, <laughs> like, more like my 14-year-old self. And she's very much like, that's dumb. <laughs> Everything's dumb suddenly. It's, like, I know I'm hitting that part of my cycle as well. Like, when that girl shows up, that's dumb. Right, that's dumb. No one's going to like that. That's dumb. <laughs> like, like, that comes up for me, and I'm just like... <laughs> noted thank you i could see you've shown up today so clearly we're not going to get any creative things done because everything's dumb so what is it that you need today because clearly we're not going to be able to proceed forward until we address whatever it is do you need my attention do i need a nap do i need a snack do i need to go for a walk do I need to go pray like what else is going on when she shows up and that's just my cue to myself but typically it shows up two ways either
0: catastrophizing or everything's dumb yeah i think my everything's dumb is well it doesn't matter oh okay I, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter and i always say that it doesn't matter is a really quick lead to i don't matter and then it's like leslie out <laughs> for the rest of the day and so i i like the bell goes off and it's like oh okay and i love that you said that okay we're having this thought because i i talk about you know our thoughts create our feelings and if you do you know i was talking about how if you do emotional math you could think well well then i'm just gonna change my thought and feel better and it's really not that so rather than jump into changing that thought it's like what do i it goes back to our miss jay's words of wisdom what do i want right now what do i need right now maybe it's a walk maybe maybe it's a snack yeah. nine times out of ten for me it's a snack <laughs>
1: Well, and my, right. my another coach friend of mine mary she she came up this phrase. i just think it's so brilliant i just so brilliant i have to pass it on to everybody i talk to and i credit her for this she's like what part of you needs loving on
0: mm.
1: i'm like oh that whenever she asked that question she's like oh you hit me where i live oh and like sometimes it's a nap it's some practical things and sometimes it's just like you know this idea is a good one right like you know you're worried but it really is a real good one. We won't work on it today, I promise you. God forbid, because I know it's dumb. But like it actually is a really good one. So we'll come back to it. But I know you're worried how it'll be perceived. It's actually a good one. And that's typically the overcoming of the that's dumb
0: <laughs> that yeah. helps. Sometimes. Yeah. I oh I, I thank thank you, Mary. Because <laughs> I love that. What part of you needs love in a day? And most days for me it is that inner teenager who's so scared about what other people think who's so scared of those emotions that your inner teen talks about, like catastrophizing or be so embarrassed or we're going to look dumb or we're going to, you know, she just needs a little bit of love right now. Or we'll give her some space, but we'll, we'll come back to you tomorrow. Little teenage Miss J. Well, Judith, what else, anything else? I I could literally sit and talk to you all day, but I will be mindful of time. Anything else you would add for these lovely listeners to know? as they are creating, either embracing their style, re-igniting their style, getting to know her for the first time. What, what would you, what would your parting words be?
1: I think we think sometimes it's like, we transform, we have a makeover and then it's like done. And I think TV has done us a disservice. Like it is an ongoing process. And I actually wanna encourage you all to do some fails. So in our community, we celebrate outfit fails. Like, oh, I tried this combination, it was a total fail. I'm like, okay, why was it a fail? And it's like, okay, well, I didn't like these pants, those shoes turned out to be uncomfortable, and I don't like these things together. Great. And then the next question we ask, her are going to be like, what tweak would you make? What twi- tiny tweak would you make? So like, all of it's a learning process. If everything was always grandiose and wonderful when you put it on, you wouldn't learn anything about yourself. So I want you to actually purposefully go rack up fails. Try combinations of things that you think don't go together, that you were told you're not allowed to put together, like break some rules on purpose. You might find some wear again gems in there, but we want to fail on purpose so we can learn about ourselves. Why didn't this work? Why was this so uncomfortable? Because then we could take those lessons and pull them out into the bigger wide world, but let's play in your closet first. Failing there is such low stakes.
0: I love that. I love that. And it also, it gives you a, a chance to like, Learn how to talk to you on the yeah. other side of a fail. Like, are you going to be that teenager? That was dumb. That was dumb. Or you'd be like, <laughs> hey, As, uh, now I'm gonna have Judith in my head. Hey boo, it's all good. Yeah, No, no one died because you attempted bell-bottoms. Like, it's great. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. For going like the stakes out there. Like, could
1: not be lower. Like, they could not be lower, really. It's, it's
0: fine. It's fine. I, I, the last time you and I chatted, I talked about nail polish as, like, a low barrier of entry to style expression and exploration of, like, yes, you can go through a week with hot pink nails. Or just a day. If you couldn't, I'm proud of you for trying. You know, whatever it no,
1: is. Exactly. Or even just, a, there's a great scene in Big Bang Theory, the show, where um, one of the characters gets her nails painted for the first time. And she's like, my nails have never looked so good. Okay, take it off. <laughs> <laughs> she she couldn't stand it past like a few seconds, and then, I mean, literally, her manicure was fresh. She's like, my nails. Okay, take it off. Like, it could literally, y'all, you walk, you walk out of your closet, you walk right back in, you put on your comfy, it doesn't matter. But there's so much benefit to the
0: exercise of it. We did it. We checked that box. Pat yes. yourself on the back. Then go put on those cozy sweatpants, not janky ones. Yeah, so- cozy. There's a difference <laughs> between cozy and janky. They're not the same thing. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I want to add one last thing because you did just say within our community. So tell tell my lovely listeners about your community so that they know how how if if this ignited something in you. This is how you can work with Judith.
1: Yeah, so we have Modern Charm School. Like I think you had said at the beginning, it's our online private social club, as we like to say. They have named themselves the community, they named themselves the Charmings. Mm-hmm. Um, um, they're also very snarky, very hilarious, incredible group of women. I'm a little obsessed with them. I tell them that all the time. i like, I'm so obsessed with you. And we do four pillars, we talk about style, we talk about wealth, we talk about gumption, which AKA courage or confidence, is synonymous. And we talk about legacy. So we kind of envision like fabulous art deco building. The first floor is where we get you dressed and made up. And then you move to the different floors where we talk about wealth, leading with gumption, leaving a legacy. And that's what we do over there in Modern Trump School. So we have, I don't know when this airs, but at some point in the future, we have a bra workshop coming up. I'm going to teach everyone how to find a bra that fits. So you can find more about that at judithkatan.com forward slash modern trim school.
0: And I will put that in the notes as well. So, and even if this airs after the bra workshop, y'all go out and get some beautiful underwear. If, if My husband will laugh if he, when he listens to this one because he made a comment. About how he keeps finding underwear in the garbage can, and every time I do it, it feels so like yes, I am taking care of Leslie. Now I need to yeah. go buy some more. Work. Um, yes. Judith- liberated Leslie, one pair of panties at a
1: time. I like <laughs> I, it.
0: I love it. I love it. And we'll, we'll I, you know, I I would love to have you back because I feel like we just skimmed the surface of talking a bit about style, but yeah, certainly about gumption. Let's move our way up that elevator towards of that Art Deco building. So. Um, I hope this is the first of many conversations with you and to share, to share your voice and, you know, your words of wisdom with my lovely listeners. What a gift. Um, So thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And why didn't they tell us that style was in fashion? I don't know, but you heard it here till next time. Thank you guys. Love what you hear. Well, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me at confidencecoachforgirls.com. That's confidencecoachforgirls.com, Or email me at Leslie the Life at gmail.com. That's Leslie the Life at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you.